0: Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest
1: information and views from industry leaders. Welcome to another installment of the McKnight's Newsmaker Podcast. I'm Jim Berklin, Executive Editor at McKnight's. And this is really a tricky one here because I'm not sure who we have on the podcast today because I have to be careful how we name it. And what I mean by that is we have a new identity for one of our longest, best-known sources of advocacy and help for skilled nursing providers in the industry. Of course, we're talking about the National Association for the Support of Long-Term Care, which is no more and i have the executive vice president of that group Cynthia Morton here with us today and Cynthia I, I think i want to let you let people who don't know already what the big news is national association for the support of long term care is no more in a way can you explain
0: sure yeah nasl is no more and we have rebranded to advion advion is the new name for our organization
1: all right and can you tell us why Adrian? What does that mean?
0: It's not an acronym. It's uh, it's what they call an inspired name, and it's it's a combination of two of NASL's core strengths. One is advocacy, so advocating for our patients, for our member companies, and the other kind of core strength or competency is something our members kind of told us that they. this is what they think of when they think of NASL, is that we tirelessly champion issues important to our members and their patients. We tirelessly champion mm-hmm. issues important to our members and their patients. It's mm-hmm. really the focus of NASL, the strength, an advocate, and a champion. And so, ah. advocacy is a combination of those two words because that is what best describes who we are.
1: Okay. Very good. I I was trying to figure out the back half of that. And usually this comes out of, I don't know, a a movement for a reason why you want to do this. I mean, tell me why.
0: Sure. There's a great reason why. Um, The reason why we we went in this direction is that we felt that NASL, NASL had evolved. We are very well known for our advocacy in the nursing facility space, but our members have evolved. They operate in many other settings, and really the services that our members provide to the patients is more than just the nursing facility sector or space. We're seeing patients on a continuum. They may receive services in a nursing facility, then they go home with home health, or they go home and they're seen by an outpatient clinic that they go to once or twice a week. You know, it's, it's our, our member services have evolved beyond just specific silos of a certain setting. And so our association needed to evolve to continue to meet their needs and continue to be relevant out here in the world because long-term care has evolved.
1: Now, let's back up a little bit and remind folks, who are your members? Who are we talking about that are doing these services?
0: Sure. You know, to use words in the business, we are a association of companies that provide ancillary services in the long-term post-acute care and senior living space. What does ancillary services really mean? In our case, it means a couple things. It means companies providing rehab therapy, uh, both in nursing facilities and outpatient clinics and private practice to, to residents of assisted living facilities. Um, there's many different places or settings where rehab therapy, uh, is provided, uh, both paid for by Medicare and and private pay in, in some instances. So we've got rehab therapy companies, you know, contract rehab therapy companies, divisions of rehab therapy inside of nursing facility companies and other senior living uh, type companies. We also represent information technology companies that are producing electronic health records. There is an incredible amount of synergy between what the EMR companies, the, the IT vendors, need to program in the nursing facility space, in other post-acute care settings, with what therapy is doing, because therapy is one of the key services provided, especially in post-acute care. And CMS is undertaking a lot of initiatives to construct what kind of the data package will be that follows the patient from setting to setting. And so our IT companies are very, very closely tracking and participating in that. Then. Other ancillary services provided to patients uh, in the home and nursing facilities include uh, clinical lab services. Patients can receive, can give a lab specimen from their home, actually, um, especially lots of these uh, services in the home. Companies like Sniff at Home, they are monopolizing in that area, as well as uh, portable x-ray. Portable x-ray goes to the bedside, whether the bedside's at home or in, say in a nursing facility.
1: All right, very good. Because obviously, now in the past, NASL uh, has been known for closely following issues and developments. Is any of the, how will that change? I was going to say, is any of that going to change? But how will that change, or how will that evolve?
0: It's going to evolve. Um, we're going to need. We're going to follow our members' needs where they take us from a rehab therapy standpoint, and actually not just rehab therapy, but. Any services delivered to a Medicare beneficiary that are paid from the physician fee schedule, that could be rehab therapy. In some cases, that's physician or nurse practitioner services. That's a little bit of x-ray. That's some lab. Wherever those services are delivered to a Medicare beneficiary, if it's not part of a Part A stay in a SNF or with a home health, then it's going to come under Part B. And that can be delivered in settings in addition to nursing facility, there's some outpatient settings as well. So we'll continue our core strength of advocacy into those settings. There are many, many residents of senior living who are receiving some rehab therapy services to keep them from being a fall risk, you know, and they are tapping into their Part B benefit for that. It's just through a different payer source or kind of a payer mechanism. It's not through a sniff specifically it might be through a rehab agency it might be through build through an outpatient setting or an outpatient facility or, or mechanism and we'll be tracking that under Part B so it's it's really an expansion it's using our core strength to expand what we do now for our members into additional settings that are very closely related.
1: okay very good now for observers near or far from the past how will they First, most obviously, see any change, or what will this affect? I mean, this is more than just a change on the masthead or on the front, on the top of the station area. Safe to yeah. assume, right? How will they see that in the marketplace or in their day to day jobs? Perhaps.
0: Sure. The, the name change is very, very exciting for us, but this evolving is way more than a name and a, and a logo uh, change. Even though that that is very, very important to us. What are members, and and hopefully others out there that that want to join us what they're going to see is uh just nasl or uh, avion moving you know expanding and adding to our core strength in areas i talked mentioned outpatient but we've already expanded actually into home health we have a robust work group that creates products that our members need to begin serving the home health sector or build on what they already do in the home health sector. What does that mean exactly? That means analysis of the payment rules, of the home health payment rule. That means developing comment letters back to CMS to tell them what we think about that home health payment rule. And comments from the point of view of our members that they, you know, they contribute to the point of view from a home health provider, but our view might be a little different because we're providing therapy or providing lab or x-ray to that patient who is homebound. So it's it's analysis of payment rules. It's continued intelligence gathering from what's going on on the Hill. I mean, I don't know if SNF folks understand, but the home health sector is actually facing a behavioral adjustment, which is, pretty aggressive from CMS, a little more aggressive than what we thought we were going to see in the SNF sector with the parity adjustment. And there's movement in Congress to try and block CMS's move to finalize a behavioral adjustment. So it's lobbying on that on behalf of our members, is providing intelligence on those moves by these key policymakers so again just like we do in the sniff space so our members know ahead of others who aren't members uh, that they know ahead what's coming down the pike what possibly could happen so that they can make moves in their business to prepare
1: okay exciting times but let me ask before we go much farther when will the new name the new identity become fully active or are we already there
0: Jim, that's an exciting question because we we are actually already there. The attendees at our conference were the first to know, and we've rolled it out to all of our members uh, in a communication since that time. And there'll be additional announcements to other sectors as we go, talking to various, sending out a press release and talking to our our friends uh, and delivering the message to them personally, actually, because it is so exciting.
1: All right. And, and I do want to go back on another thing as well that I think it's so easy, too easy to take for granted. Let's remind the folks of the successes that nasal and ASL in the past has had where you've been very effective. I know there have been a couple key areas.
0: Yeah, I you know, I have to always start with the therapy cap repeal. That Part B therapy cap dogged patients for almost 20 years. And, you know, those of you along for the journey and knew about that therapy cap, I know you're just saying, gosh, I'm so glad that thing's gone. It was the worst policy proposal for patients and it was not good for providers either. We repealed that 2018, very, very exciting. And this association counts that as probably our greatest accomplishment because that went right direct to patient care. Since then, we've been successful, especially with larger coalitions in turning back the recent cuts that CMS has really been trying to get to the fee schedule. As they put more funds into primary care, and to do that, they take significant funds from other parts of the fee schedule. And, you know, we have no problem with putting more money into primary care, the issue comes in where they take it from our hide and others' hides to put that money into primary care. It's, It's one big pie. And so when they make the primary care pie larger, our slice gets smaller. We've been able to successfully convince Congress to mitigate some of those cuts. We've done that two years in a row. And we are back at Congress asking for a third year. Congress is getting a little fatigued uh, of providers coming back for this ask, but we think we might see a little bit of mitigation of the cut. So that's uh, been some recent successes that we've had.
1: Outstanding. And can you elaborate a little bit more then? What? Might we see in the weeks and months ahead as we go into the end of uh, 2022? Sure, we're fiscal 23, but 2022, what might providers expect or hope for? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that?
0: Sure, I'd be happy to. It's always a little bit of a food fight at the end of the year in Congress. Uh, as they tend, probably like the last 15 years, they've tended to wait till December to deal with major health care policies that need congressional action. This year is no different, but we've got a little extra tweak to it. We've got a midterm election coming up uh, in November. So when Congress comes back and we hope they have a lame duck session and we think they will when they come back for it, the election will have gone one way or the other. And the Democrats that are in charge of the House and the Senate will either uh, know that they are running their respective bodies again come January 1 or they won't. And I bring that up because it could impact the majority party's view on What type of policies do they want to include in that end-of-the-year package? Now, NASL, along with many other organizations, is pushing for the fee schedule, the big fee schedule cuts to be addressed. And we think Congress will tackle that in some fashion, but we're also pressing Congress to mitigate to some extent some therapy assistant cuts that are specific to part b therapy we have a coalition working on that but you know these are just two issues that congress is being asked uh, to deal with there's at least a list of 1820 more primary care docs have things radiologists have things i mean you name it every other provider under medicare has their list that they're, they're pressing congress congress has limited dollars To pay for all these items that we're asking for. So, as a unit, as a sector, we gotta be in there telling Congress what we want, kind of demanding what we want, because if they don't hear from us, they're gonna move on to some other sector. They're gonna help home health, or they're gonna help X, Y, and Z, and not help our long-term care sector. So we're kind of in a competition problem. We're we're competing against many other issues to get the attention of Congress onto our issues.
1: And that is one thing that I I think we ought to emphasize, and and I think this is where you're going, is that uh, Advion is still in it for the skilled nursing provider. It's another shoulder-to-shoulder voice. You're not fleeing or you're not all of a sudden going to be home care against skilled nursing. Is that correct?
0: Oh, that's correct. It's, yeah, our, our core is, is the sNiff sector and that's home. That will be, always be home and our passion. Uh, you know, our members, of many nursing facility companies, you know, have expanded into home health and, and various outpatient services and dipping their toes into services in the home. So, NSL, Avion is evolving <laughs> to continue to meet those needs. We want to be relevant. We want to be out there as the persuasive organization we've always been. So we need to move, you know, we want to move where our members are, where the market is. And this is what patients demand. They've shown us through COVID that they want to receive services in many different settings. And we want to be right there advocating for best quality care for those patients, wherever they want to be served.
1: Well, I think that sums it up nicely, uh, Cynthia, that you always have been an advocate and a champion. And now together you're Advian. and uh, it just goes to show folks, this is why you want to go to now Advian and Cynthia Morton as one of our primary sources here for great information and great ways to advocate for uh, this sector as you have it. So I just want to thank again, we've had Cynthia Morton. Executive Vice President of Now Advion. Uh, there's one update for your LinkedIn profile, Cynthia. And so we want to thank you very much again. Uh, We've loved the partnership, and we want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of the McKnight's Newsmaker Podcast. Please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Jim Berkland, wishing you good health and outstanding days ahead.
0: Thank you for listening to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit McKnight's.com.